Oh, welcome back to Thursday Night Football Preview. We've got the New York football giants traveling cross-country to San Francisco to take on the Niners as 10-point dogs. Minus 550 if you want to smack the 49er money line. I mean, don't suggest it. It's just <laughs> Wouldn't suggest it, but there's never been safer money. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> um, it's an over-under of 44 and a half, so they're expecting a whole lot of points from the Niners. They're expecting the opposite of that from the New York Giants. In the video today, we're gonna we're gonna walk through the you know the general storylines going into the game. We're gonna walk through some of our favorite squares on underdog, you know, pick them that kind of stuff. We've been absolutely railroading underdog the last couple of weeks doing this. We're gonna look at our fantasy rankings because at this point that might be the only enjoyable part of watching this actual game is the fact that you got players playing in the game and uh, and so on and so forth. We'll do our predictions for you know taking the spread, the over under, all that kind of sheesh. So. We're here. We've done made it. Week three. Oh, we, we've more than made it. We've been dominating we've made Thursday it. night. Daniel Jones games. won't make it through this game, though. Yeah, this this is going to be a sloppy one for him. Um, I think when we look at the game overall, it's it's just so mismatched. It's so lopsided. Everywhere you look, left, right, backwards, forwards, transgender, neutral, it's problematic. It's problematic. <laughs> There's just no advantage you had for the New York Giants, man. I'm, I mean, they were so sloppy in week one. Get whooped by the Cowboys 40-0. So sloppy in week two. 20 nothing against Arizona by by halftime. This is so where they come out and win. Just with how no, hard we're I, bashing. I mean, just, I mean, based on happening. the way that we've done these Thursday night <laughs> That's what preview I'm based games, on that. We, we basically we take the storyline, we give our predictions, and then the exact opposite happens. And I can't I can't imagine we go anywhere besides Giants losing by seventy points in this one. I can't even imagine like Giants fans. Giants fans going into this game. You're gonna tell me you're gonna compete in this game? You're gonna tell me you got a fucking chance to win this game? There's no chance. No shot. No, their chance to win was last week. And if it wasn't for the Cardinals who are purposely tanking and in the, you know, second half was like, guys, we need to lose for Caleb Williams. That's the only reason the Giants came back and won. The Cardinals Man- know, management put a call <laughs> in. The Cardinals yeah, 100%. <laughs> The Cardinals was was like we're we're trying we're trying Even to lose right now but we can't. Saquon was in this game like would the spread change all that much? I, I don't think it would. No, they never change the spread for running backs. Maybe I, I feel like the biggest I feel change like Saquon could though because like he's so he's such a big part of their offense. Dude, but I like, honestly feel like he's. I mean, he is a huge part of their offense, but I almost feel like I don't know. So someone can do the research probably and find out. I don't know if there's ever been a spread actually changed by a player. Maybe like Derrick Henry being out one game can move the spread by like a hook or something like that because he's actually that's it a hook. Oh, it wouldn't move more than yeah anything more than that is. I don't know. For the te- I, I that's like, like an those, extreme. I feel like for those teams who are, rely so much on their running backs and especially when you go from a guy like Derrick Henry to I, I don't even know who their backup has been these last couple of years like Hassan doesn't matter going from like Saquon to Matt Breida like that's a huge drop off. It's not even like you got. I don't fucking know. It's not like you got Roshan Johnson like the Bears do as their second But do you feel like, like, I know Saquon's their best player, and maybe this is a bad take, but I know Saquon's their best player, but it also doesn't necessarily always feel like they run their offense through him. It feels like he's like a part of the game plan and he makes big plays, but I I feel like half their games, they just do whatever they do, and like sometimes it runs through Saquon, whereas Derrick Henry is like every single time he is their offense. The game plan goes Derrick Henry, and then we'll figure out the rest of the shit afterwards, which is why I feel like with Saquon out... He's not replaceable talent-wise, but he kind of is replaceable, That's whereas fair. like Derrick Henry's not. He's definitely more of like a sprinkle of a few big games and being 
everything we use and everything we rely on. Yeah, and I brought this up before. It's like it's it, it's the reason why they paid Daniel Jones forty million dollars a year for the next four, four for one hundred and sixty mil, right? And some people disagree with it. Saquon gets ten million, eleven million. There's a very big gap in how they value the player, and if. Daniel Jones is out, that becomes problematic as whoever the fuck their backup is. But now it's like time for, for Daniel Jones to say, hey, I'm getting $40 million a year. I'm in that upper echelon. I'm like a top eight paid quarterback to, to keep my team in, in these types of games. Yeah, I mean, I what, like, what would be acceptable? Like, losing is okay, but, like, if he covers the spread, like, is that oh, – does that praise for Daniel Jones? Like, is that where we're at with him? Like, I mean, oh, good job. He kept it one score. It's a 10-point spread, my guy. Like, Evie, like – that's It's a huge spread. But that's – I understand, but that, like, you're if forty million, you want like, oh, we have real upset potential, not like, oh, you got it within seven. That's like, their upside, though. Their upside is that they only lose by one possession. I don't want to like throw it all on Daniel Jones because the team overall, like everything about both sides of the ball uh, on both teams, is so lopsided. Like as I'm looking through the matchups, I'm 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 trying to find something where I'm like, okay, maybe if the Giants win in this aspect on this side of the line or like the defensive secondary or some shit like that. I'm having so much trouble finding because you look at Andrew Thomas is out with the hamstring. Saquon's out with the ankle. Their line is playing poorly. Even even though they have a ton of resources like stacked into their line, they're not playing like they sh- you know the fourth and seventh overall pick. Evan Neal's on the right tackle side now, getting cooked, and Bosa's, that's where he plays. You look at their, um, through two games, the Giants pass blocking grade ranks 26th. Evan Neal ranks 164th out of 174 qualified offensive line pass blockers if i did my math right you said 164th 164 to 174 and there's five linemen per each 32 teams it's qualified so it's like yeah it's pretty much he's one of the worst offensive line guys in pass blocking right now it's only total it's through two games it's through two games obviously but he's a seventh overall pick he's a seventh overall pick last year you need more uh out of that and when you look at the flip side of san fran and their pass rush man like, we, we looked at the numbers a little bit before, but they're the number one ranked pass rush grade per PFF in the league, and it's because they're stacked with Bosa, Hargrave, Kevin Givens is playing great, Drake Jackson. Like, all these guys that most people don't really know unless you're, like, a diehard fan of them, their eighth highest graded pass rusher per PFF is graded 100 spots higher than the Giants' third highest graded pass That's rusher. crazy. Right? It's like the depth there is just insanity. Because you, you think, like, if you had pick a positive of the Giants, you'd think it's their D-line. And, and, they, and they do. They have really good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the depth is just... But compared to the Niners, it's blown out of the water. And it's right. Just, it sucks. It's unfortunate for the Giants. So it's like, how, how does how does New York... And, and it's like, Waller's their number one guy, right? And you guys have uh, Warner, who's a good cover linebacker, obviously. Oh, yeah. You have uh, Greenlaw, I think, is playing really well in coverage as well. I, I don't really know much about your safeties, to be honest with you. But, like, if, if all they need to do is cover Waller, I'm sure a defense like this is going to figure out how to do so. They're just going to live in the backfield. They're just going to live back there. Yeah, absolutely. Hufunga is a, a cool safety. He's not much of a coverage guy, but he'll hit somebody. Yeah, Knock so he'll, he'll take a head off. Yeah, <laughs> so the question exactly. is, like, how, how, how does New York move the fucking ball? They don't. $40 million Daniel Jones. Yeah, he better put some of that money to fucking use here. for his life. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I look at the offense. That's so lopsided. Flip things over. Giants defense has been terrible. And uh, only a two-game sample, so, like, you don't want to dig too much into it. But it still tells you the story of the season so far. Their overall defensive grade, 29th. Run defense, 28th. Pass rush, 20th. Coverage, 28th. Like, they don't have a strong suit anywhere on their team right now. So I don't even know what we're looking forward to in this game. Not much. I'm looking forward to this that game. I'm, I'm looking Money. forward to seeing everybody get a free week and just stat padding and, uh, you know, free dub. Then you get a mini bye week the next week. So it's all good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> nice for a Niner fan. Good for the Niners. Yeah. You, have, you have a subset of people in the entire country, in the entire world, that are going to enjoy this game, and it's the San Francisco 49er fans. Yeah, we were, we were talking a little bit about, like, how the NFL used to put, like, the shittiest games on Thursday night. I don't think there was any ill intention behind this one. I think going into the season, we actually, or at least the NFL did, thought that the Giants were going to be. I'm going to complain about it. So I'm still going to complain. Be like, why the fuck would they put this on Thursday night football? <laughs> you got two playoff teams. Like, should be a great game. Not yeah, but I mean, they're game. they're like the uh, less talented version of the Vikings, where they they caught a lot of. I don't want to say fluky wins, but you know, a lot of times in the NFL, you can play better than your record shows, and they're yeah. they're paying for their debts of last year. And credit to the NFL, like, theoretically, they thought, okay, this is a playoff team. Maybe wow, big company guy over here. Maybe seventh overall, Evan Neal gets better. You know, <laughs> maybe adding Darren Waller, this team is better, and it's just fucking nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, worse. if you think about going into last year, they were objectively, and we're wrong about this all the time, because, like, it was, like, them, Seattle. It's like, these are the worst fucking teams ever. <laughs> of course they're going to win three games. Both teams surprised us, but, like, the Giants going into last year – were looked at as one of the worst all-around units. I still think from a personnel standpoint, it's insane what they pulled off last year because they have high-end talent at, like, few positions. I guess where it matters. Like, D-line is obviously really important, but, like, no pass-catching weapons. You have Daniel Jones, who had a great year last year, but other than that, like, their actual personnel is terrible. And I think, you know, luck goes against them this year a little bit. They're going to end up with a really, really shitty record and closer to what we probably imagined them going into last year with. But, again, like, good coaching can probably get you back from – being inside the hole and Daniel Jones playing well, it's just this is probably not the get-right game for them. No, I mean, I would put coaching in that list of things that they get severely outmatched in. Yeah, so, that, yeah as, good, as cool too. as Dayball yeah. is, like, Shanahan probably going to coach circles around them. And it's yeah. early, but, like, an L here is, like, in this division, like, that's... It's over. They're coached. Like, even Washington's <laughs> at 2-0 and now. Like, Washington's, are, yeah, they're, like, like low-key a good team, too. Tennessee's is not easy. Yeah. I don't know how often it feels like I know the Bengals, I think, did this like the last two seasons or something. But teams that go only three just straight up don't make the playoffs. Well, they they won last year. They won last week against the Cardinals. Oh, that's right. They, yeah. they, they in my in your mind, like you think that they lost because they were down 20 to nothing. But but they this did come back. This one's going to feel like they're an 0 three team. Yeah, this yeah. one's not going to be good for them. Even I, I mean, the Niners have Brandon Ayuk probably out. He's not ruled out yet, but shoulders giving us weird vibes. So. Even without him, he's not a guy who's gonna you know move the, move the needle in, in a game like this. I think in a tight game, maybe where like you're really battling back and forth, and every big play kind of counts. Danny Dimes balls out. Yeah, I mean Ayuk would make the difference probably there, but otherwise, I think we're just watching this game for fantasy side of things. I think so. you could take a healthy Ayuk, put him on the Giants roster, and the Giants still get smoked by the Niners. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not even close. You could probably take like three players off the Niners, give them to the Giants, and wouldn't make a difference. That'd be cool to see. Those are always fun what ifs. But <laughs> show up to the airport. <laughs> they tell you where you're going. To the fantasy aspect, the only entertaining aspect we have in this game at this point, I think my hot take is I don't even know if it's hot. I have Daniel Jones over Brock Purdy just because of the rushing upside. You know, I'm not gonna compare the receivers and the passing game, but as far as game script goes, Daniel Jones is gonna be passing in the second half just to try and make it somewhat respectable. And again, the rushing upside is the biggest pull here, is why I barely have him over him. But again, in a one QB league, I have Jones at 17, Purdy at 18. I'm not really looking to start either of these guys unless I'm in a half-two situation. I'm, I'm not either, but I couldn't get myself to start Daniel Jones over Brock Purdy. It's just going to be an ugly game from, from the Giants offense in total. Yeah, that's this, fair. This kind of feels like a game where I could see Daniel Jones maybe ending up throwing for like 300 yards and a touchdown, but There's I could also no see... Way. I mean, just like fourth quarter, just throwing the ball 20 yeah, times. Garbage. But, but along with that, that's not enough for me to want to start him because... 
I, I could also see this game coming with a strip sack or two interception. Like before you know it, strip like six or seven fantasy points off Daniel Jones's card just off of like turnovers. And that that's like what really scares. Like best case scenario, he ends up with like three hundred and one. But I, I think that comes with probably a slew of bullshit beforehand. I think best case scenario for Daniel Jones this game is he just makes it out alive. I, don't, I think the like Fair. fifty and one on the ground still a really big possibility. That could be. He could throw for like a, a buck forty. Yeah, fifty one on the ground. But also, I still think they're like turnovers probably coming, which is gonna capsize his, his upside there a little. I mean, bit. and going off of him, the wide receivers, none of them are starting. Like they're not even in wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. I tried to find something to where I could. I wanted to like Hyatt. Based on what we saw in week two and those two deep shots he had, but it's He's like not playing. Yeah, he had less routes run in week two than week one, and I'm like, holy. But you shit. got you got to think though. It kind of feels like this, this happens with so many rookies. It's like the same energy with him, with like Jordan Addison, with Roshan Johnson. It's like limited play time, but every time they get on the field, you're like, they're clearly yeah. better than most of the guys that are on the field against them. So you're obviously rolling the dice a little bit here if you're trying to get into it. I'm just, I guess it's more of just like an intriguing storyline. Like I want to see if Jalen Hyatt gets a little more run, see if they take some deep shots down there because they need to make. Something happened, and Hyatt feels like the only guy that's really doing it downfield. But you still feel pretty good about um Yeah, both Darren tight Waller. ends. Both tight ends I'm pretty high on, and neither of them have given us anything to love. Waller, it's kind of similar to the Daniel Jones. If he could somehow have that 300-yard game, Waller's going to be his guy for it. If they put up a score, I think he's the most likely receiver, weapon, whatever you want to call it, pass catcher, two-score touchdown. And Kittle, Kittle to me is almost this even, feels crazy. even more bold than Waller. Feels so bold. And this is three. because of the Does he even no, have three catches this year? Genuine question. Uh, yeah. Okay. He has not been much of a receiver so far. Yeah, no. what the fuck is going on over there? For someone who bought him in Dynasty, I <laughs> this is getting worse by the day. And this was one I could I told you in the trade targets video yesterday, like I struggle to find any stat as to why you could still have hope, but it's just more of like he's been there, he's done that the past three, four, five his whole career for the most part. I don't see I don't see this be a sustainable fall off where he just doesn't show up. This is a game with no Ayuk where I think he could get in the end zone. All of a sudden we fall back in love with him. That's a good point. I didn't yeah. I, I didn't really think about the Ayuk part. If yeah. Ayuk is out, the targets obviously got to go somewhere. Matt Breda, RB forty revenge game. Yeah, Matt I'm, Breda. I'm not. I just think they're gonna a he's not. This isn't a revenge game as much as we want to play with that. And B, they're gonna have to abandon the run <laughs> no, game not. so you quickly. You don't think it is? No. Okay. It's crazy. There, there's nothing about Brady I want. Like he's not even in the RB three range. No, I think I actually um I think in as far as fantasy goes, I don't even think he's the guy you want to stash. Like, uh, would you be surprised if he even like? Are we expecting him to lead the? Thing is, Gary Brightwell season. I think I, I think if I had to bet on like Brightwell. who's going to get the most touches, it's probably Matt Breda. But like Brightwell's going to be annoying. They'll probably activate Eric Gray, the rookie. Like I, I kind of like Eric Gray. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I wouldn't be surprised if in two weeks we're like Eric Gray somehow had more touches than Breda over this span. But I, I think from what I'm hearing, Breda is like supposed to be the guy. But I don't know what what the guy means in this fucking situation. That's fair. It's not a good situation. I just don't even think that like it, Matt Breda is probably not going to get like the Saquon role of like 100 percent touches. No. So you're getting no. limited touches on a bad team against a good defense. Like you can. You can just not own Matt but Breida. It's fine. Speaking of limited touches, do you think it's crazy to have CMC as my RB1 still? Uh, it's like his floor is so high. Yeah. It's almost like you just feel fine about putting him RB1. He, this, it, he, won't, he probably won't finish as the RB1. I feel confident saying that, but like probably RB3. You know? Yeah, that's know, fair. I think, I think you have to put him there. The reason I kept him up there, because I do think Elijah Mitchell could have a role in the fourth quarter if they're pulling away. I think it's because of the Ayuk thing. Like C-Mac hasn't really been involved in the receiving game that much this year. This could be the game where now all of a sudden he's back. Well, I think I think uh, 
what's his face? Shanahan came out after last game and was like, we need to get Elijah Mitchell more. Yeah. We can't keep like giving this many touches to C-Mac. And I forget what I was listening to, but I think uh, in terms of snaps, it's like 125 for C-Mac, 10 to Elijah Mitchell, and no other back has They need to the preserve him. Yeah. I, I know that's what Shanahan said, but like you until he actually – No, no, absolutely. <laughs> no until way. he actually does it, like just keep riding CMC as the workhorse running back. It's not like he wasn't – not like Shanahan wasn't in charge of who gets snaps during any of these games either way. I know I know he said it in the presser, like, oh, we need to work on this, but it's like, no, this is a decision you're making. We're fine with this decision as of right now. But like it does make sense that when you're beating the shit out of a team to like get Elijah Mitchell in there. But I also kind of feel like just teams don't think that way in games. I almost feel like even if you're up like 14, we might be like, oh, here comes Elijah Mitchell. But I think in actual head coaches minds they're like oh only one like one scoop and score yeah and they're yeah. in it one turn and they're, they're a lot in. more like pessimistic yeah than we are. yeah yeah That's so fair. i i almost feel like until you see cmc like actually get limited touches like just keep assuming he's gonna get 25 carries and five catches or whatever that's a fair yeah. point all right so brandon Ayuk. If he plays, you're willing to put him all the way up at wide receiver 16. Yeah, and the reason was because the guys I saw or I'm putting him in front of consisted of Mike Williams. I have him over Debo. I have him over, I think, both the Seahawks guys, Lockett and DK. That that feels... It feels hot. It's not hot as much as... It, it's not about hot takey. That just doesn't feel like he's clearly less than 100%. I agree, but I... Th- I think if he's really not able to play, he just won't. Like, in my mind, if he's on the field, he's He's, he's not good. fighting through uh, no. any injuries this game. Like, I think it's... I don't know. I feel like we've seen dudes with shoulder problems, wide receivers, and a lot of the times they re-injure it. I, I'm going to be honest. I'd push back on that. Like, if he plays, IU probably falls into, like, 25 to 30. Wide oh, receiver really? For me. Yeah. He's kind of like a stay away unless it's like a... Sh- like, Mike Williams is good enough for me to be like, I'd rather play a healthy Mike Williams than... Ayuk, I think, Definitely. like those types of guys, right? You, I think, I think how a lot of fantasy teams are built, though. Like, if Ayuk's active, you're probably. Starting. That's what I'm saying. Like, twenty five thirty is usually going to get into your starting lineup. Yeah. But like, if I have a short thing, like I feel good about Mike. Well, like I definitely play Debo over Ayuk if they're both active, uh, just because Debo's like, healthy. Where do you have a guy like maybe know. like Christian Kirk in your rankings? If you know off the top of your head, that's maybe, a good one. Maybe someone you're like not sure of who actually probably sits in that range on a more week to week basis. I mean, Kirk's consistently for me like flirting that wide receiver two flex play range, like mid twenties. Mid twenties. I think Kirk is probably like where the conversation starts, but I think I would play Kirk over Ayuk. I don't okay. know. I don't I'm, I'm like maybe weirdly spooked by Ayuk's injury. I feel like weird vibes are coming out of there. And really? this is a you short week. Yeah. I, I, I straight up just don't think he's playing to be safe. But I think if he does, that means it's it's fine. Okay. So maybe I'm delusional. Maybe you're spooked. We'll, we'll have to see. Delusionally spooked? I like so, it. yeah, they're, they're calling him like a game time decision. And like the podcast I sent you with Dr. Chow, who the uh, fan, uh, what's this, uh, pro football doc, mm-hmm. he, he was a doctor for the Chargers for 10 years or so. He's got good stuff. Yeah, he's great because he actually has been inside NFL locker rooms. And he's like, game time decisions aren't real. He's like, they know what they're doing with the player for, uh, before the game starts, before game day, all that kind of stuff. So is, so is that just like, so your so, opponent doesn't know whether to game plan for him? Or like, why would why would they just not come out and say, like, he's not active? Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit of that. It's 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 gamesmanship for sure. So for me, I don't know. that that It feels kind of weird the way that they're going about this. There's other, I guess, doctors out here uh, from Deepak shown a video suggests ac sprain data slightly favors playing week three 55 percent chance but with moderate performance hit likely full strength week four week five so it's one of those things that i would just rather like err on the side of 
caution when it comes to this week in particular because it's a like if it was Sunday four day rest feels kind of intense. But I don't know. I, I just don't think they sh- like with it being the Giants and with everything we're seeing, like how favored they are in every aspect. Like I don't see the risk in playing. I agree, if, but if I think similar serious. to like the way that they what you said with like the two touchdown mark. Like coaches don't think that way. I also think yeah. they don't think that way either. True. They're not. They they don't go into games where like this is such this an is easy an game. Like we there don't need no our cupcakes. guys. Yeah. yeah, I think they think that way too. Because because I, I I feel like I thought that way for a while too. And I'm just like the more I think that way, the more I feel like I'm always wrong when I try to think like that. <laughs> it's true. Um, Debo wide receiver 14 with no Ayuk with Ayuk wide receiver 23. Debo's an interesting one because like last week I feel like we were all high on him going against the Rams. He always kills the Rams. Rams play a lot of zone, and I was trying to look this morning to see like where I could find that kind of data. Yeah, what how much zone that they play? Yeah, just like something. I asked Josh from Underdog, and he was like, "I we don't have that data. I get it from like a column that I read that sometimes puts it out like sporadically." I asked Brett, and we'll throw the text up on the screen. Brett's response didn't help me whatsoever. It would help someone I think who understands. They play a lot of man, don't they? So he said, um, "My question was like, I wanted to see what kind of what kind of defense the Giants play. You know, if 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 it's as simple as just like kind of more man or zone." His response was like, Giants don't really have snaps against 21 personnel, uh, which is the most common 49ers grouping, but against 11 personnel, they are third in cover zero, 11th in cover one, seventh to 25th in all different zone coverages. And he just goes on to talk about a ball level of knowledge. I don't understand what he's saying anymore. So I'm just like, okay, play Debo if, if I think he's <laughs> yeah. out, vice versa. That's that's interesting that they uh, have, haven't faced much 21 personnel. Yeah, he said, honestly, when the Niners come out in 21 and 12 personnel, I expect Wing to match it with big bodies and just play cover three, which means if Debo's getting the ball, it's probably screen game, maybe some RPOs, or if they get a look they like for a dump off on bootlegs. Big thing to watch is if Dexter Lawrence is just beating the shit out of their center on first down, because if he is, then Kyle won't be able to run the ball anyway, which means going past first on first down, and maybe that's when you get Debo action. So I was, I was asking him more towards Debo. That's why he was like responding and more of like a Debo aspect of Get things. but deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking Brett, dude. Yeah. It's, it's like you ask him one question, it's 97 different coverage answers. I'm like, okay, forget I asked. Uh, let's talk about something that's less ball. Let's talk about kickers on underdog, dude. This <laughs> is like my favorite storyline of the entire day. If you guys are new to underdog, new to underdog, we have just smashed our picks over the last couple of weeks. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I think we're... Uh, we're on fire. Gut told me what his pick was, too, actually, which we'll get into afterwards. Okay. If you're new to underdog, they give you a free square. 0.5 square total yards for Daniel Jones for this upcoming matchup. So you've got a free square to start your slip. And I'm going to give you another free square. Jake Moody, the kicker, the rookie kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. They have him at 1.5 field goals made. I am slamming the higher thus far into the short 2023 season in week one. Three for three on his kicks. In week two, three for three on his kicks. So he's going three. He's going three. His line's at 1.5. He's a kicker with power and accuracy. He dunked one from 57 yards, which means if they're you know at the 40-yard line, they're not afraid to actually kick it. Once you show it, coaches, I think, become a little more comfortable giving you those chances. Realistically, this is just like tacking on to an offense that I think is going to have no problem moving down the field, which presents scoring opportunities. If it doesn't end up being a touchdown – then it becomes a field goal for the most part. So I just, I mean, he's, he's kicking he's kicking it through the upright. He's doing it at a, a high volume, a high pace. He's accurate, and the offense is is a, is a powerhouse right now. So 1.5 feels a low. lot of praise for that pick. They should, they should uh, be celebrated. No, nah, like I, I so agree. Like if we don't clip this and put it as its own clip up on like TikTok, YouTube shorts, probably Twitter, make it horizontal, make it native. I'll email it out too if you guys want. Just one slip <laughs> of Jake Moody. Okay. They should like have it. set the line at two. 
it, to make me choose either three or one. That's what they should have done. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like these things are kind of coin flips, but you know what? The Niners, they like their kickers. They if drafted them for If we went with due logic, technically, he'd be due to go lower, but... No, if you went with due, he'd be due for four or five this game. Oh. Yeah. Idiot. Severely underperforming. <laughs> yeah. Jake Moody. <laughs> Jake Moody gets me in some some sort of mood, man. All right, I got uh, the 49ers still, but on the other side of the ball, Nick Bosa to get over .5 sacks. I got good news. I got bad news. Bad news, believe it or not, Nick Bosa has zero sacks on the season. I'm a little surprised by that. I'm a little disappointed in that. But the good news is he's still the reigning depoy, and we've mentioned all these Giants offensive line injuries. They've allowed the second most sacks this season. I feel like it's just inevitable for Bosa to get back there and sack Daniel Jones one time. Maybe I'll even say he could get a fumble out of Daniel Jones. And to me, Bosa could have even an okay game, and he could get have a sack. He could share with Eric Armstead, share it with Drake Jackson, whoever, and push the line. But I don't think we'll have to worry about that. That's just kind of a conservative situation, I really think this is a easy line for him to hit, and he'll get at least one. also like that the line's half, yeah. because a lot of times these dudes, you know, uh, they end up with only half a sack, so it feels like there's a good chance to push, better chance to push or win than just straight up lose. I agree. You know, so I like it. I'm going to go, I guess I got to go with the Giant to complete this slip. Appreciate you. Yeah. I don't I don't really well, want to we, we got it. the uh, We got the Daniel Jones free square. Daniel Jones is the free square this week? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, for Thursday night. For Thursday night. Okay. Could be lying. I don't know. You know what? No. Use the free square on something else. Use it for Sunday. Love that. Because I'm going to go with Daniel Jones to throw an interception. 0.5 interceptions. We're going higher. We already talked about how he's going to be under pressure all day long. We already talked about that. He's going to be needing to throw the ball because they're probably going to be behind. Mistakes happen. It's inevitable. He's thrown two in one game. He's thrown one in the other. This is just his season. This is his season of interception boy summer, whatever we want to call it. Last year it was Dak. Last year it was Dak Prescott throwing 18, 24, 5 interceptions in a season. Now it's going to be Daniel Jones. Happens where, every year. Where did Dak come into this? It's just every year there's there's that one quarterback who throws way more interceptions than expected. It's I can feel it. It's Daniel Jones. Okay. How many do you think he ends up with this year? This year? Did uh, he throw like five last year? He's already that's, three. that's what I'm saying. But it's because he's also like low passing volume guy. This year, though, on low passing volume, 17 interceptions. Jeez. 17 No George Blanda. You know, 40, no. <laughs> 42 in a year still gets a ticket into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> another conversation to be had. Another generation to be had. I'm throw, okay, so I'm throwing that one in there to complete this. But if you do take the Daniel Jones free square, another one that I kind of like, 49er one. Brock Purdy. Let me get. Let me make sure his, his number is still correct here. Uh, Brock Purdy lower than 28 and a half pass attempts. Last year in six games, he only went higher than this number twice i think the niners being able to do whatever they want on offense can probably just run the ball kill some clock get out of here healthy so i don't, I don't think there's a need for brock purdy to be slinging the rock keep like building that. up that slip right yeah. i also like this one so so guts uh yeah what's guts gut had the higher on daniel jones rushing so 37 and a half yards he liked higher it makes sense just on it's one of those things on paper where it's like he's gonna be running for his life he's gonna have a lot of dropbacks niners are gonna get a lot of pressure they don't have saquon so there's no run game realistically, other than Daniel Jones. He's hit this twice already. You should have told me that Gut was throwing in a giant, a Daniel Jones one. Because then we'll just go with that. Sure. Yeah, but, with, I mean, I'll like, but, but Gut gets in the TikTok one. He doesn't usually get in the YouTube one. So no, I like, kept he, that to us. He met, he, he is now in the YouTube one. Well, now, okay. That's Fine. permanent. Yeah. It's not Gut's, going anywhere. Gut's with us at all times. He's in this room with us. Pause. All right, last square. I got one more. Okay. Come on. Let me rip. One more. <laughs> George Kittle, your tight end three, versus... Darren Waller, you're tight end four. 
Who do you think has more receiving yards? Yards? Who who has more receiving yards in this game? Darren Waller. Kill. What? Kill. Oh, yeah. It's Kittle. The correct <laughs> answer is Kittle. What do you mean, Waller? I think Kittle's more likely to get a touchdown. That's why Waller. I have him above Waller. No. No, 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 no. That's not Waller's going to get eight targets yeah. and go and four for 40. Exactly. Kittle? And Kittle's going to make one big play. He's going to go one for 85 and one. I can't. What is your slip? My slip <laughs> is I'm taking Kittle in the rival square plus, plus three receiving yards against Darren Waller. Ooh. He's the underdog against Darren Waller in receiving yards. Okay. Darren Waller has by far the harder matchup. Maybe no Ayuk. No, that I'm I'm totally pivoting. That's my square. Forget about what about what Ditch I said about everything. Forget Daniel Jones. Gut, you can have that one. Forget Brock Purdy. I wasn't confident anyways. What I'm staking my reputation on this week. This is how we keep going undefeated. George Kittle plus three receiving yards against Darren Waller. Lock it in. Okay. Well, give us some plus minus on the game itself. We've got the Giants plus ten. Niners are giving ten points over under. Oh, it's actually moved to forty four where it was uh, 44 and a half before. I think I'm just going to take... I hate giving away 10 points. I'm, I'm a moron, and I took the 10 points for the Jets against the Cowboys last week. But I think, like, 10 points for a team that's as good as the Giants are, and I guess maybe you can make the... They're just not good, though. Yeah, I know, but they have heart, you know? No, I don't think they do. They have good they, teams, teams with... Teams that they don't have, have that much respect for themselves. Teams that have that much heart get backdoor covers. I don't maybe maybe a Jake Moody missed field goal. Back <laughs> chill. Enough. Enough. Maybe that's you might hit this thing. over with just field goals from Jake Moody. Okay. Is this updated? So what are you taking? <laughs> he looked at me like it's my turn. I don't even know what you picked. I didn't say it was anyone's turn. We don't take turns. We just take spreads. All right. I'm taking the I'm laying the points with the Niners. Same. That's easy. Same. I'll take, I, I I'll take it. Danny. No. Giants plus 10. No, dude. I'm buying the hook, too. Stop. <laughs> ten and a half. <laughs> ten and a half backdoor hook cover. Backdoor it. hooker's hook. I mean, the Ravens beat the piss out of the Texans. They covered that. The Cowboys beat the piss out of the Jets. Like, this is the same type of fight. There's going to be piss all over what the What was the Cowboys-Giants line? Like, Sorry. probably four, four and a half. <laughs> and they just <laughs> got... Forty. Imagine it was like thirty eight. No, everybody it, actually, it fell down to three and a half. I was looking at that, thinking, "Yo, division rival." Like, because <laughs> the Cowboys are so upset. fraudulent every year. It's like we never know what you're getting out of the Cowboys, and now we know they're they're pretty good. Yeah, the Cowboys are legit, but the Giants are not. They <laughs> but we thought are... the opposite of the Giants. They're for sure fraudulent, and then we thought maybe they could be good. I'm, Cowboys, I'm, it should be the opposite. I'm taking the points, and I'm buying the hook. Ten and a half. If this was ten and a half, and we're going. Under. If this was Jets at 49ers and this was the spread, what side would you take? Jets. Uh, 49ers. 49ers. If this was Texans at 49ers and this was the spread, who would you take? 49ers. I think the Giants are the same class of those teams. I actually think, I would actually say the Jets are a better team than the Giants. I think there's a chance that like a Dexter Lawrence or someone disrupts the fuck out of the Niners offense. I'm just... You're saying just this saying now. random shit now. I'm just saying. No Ayuk. Moody misses a field goal. Dude, that's goal. what I'm saying. Waller has more yards than Kittle. It all adds up. Dude, yeah. If you really think, like, <laughs> Dan Jones a better fantasy QB than Purdy. No, I'm, I'm going to say that the Numbers the Giants, don't lie. I'm going to say that the Giants plus 10 is what Jack would call fake sharp. People, like, too many points. This is still an NFL game. No, it's not. This is men versus boys. This is 49ers versus right. Giants. Giants getting I'm going to buy two points. <laughs> <laughs> Got to cover that significant plus number Plus 12 11. minus 185. Worth it. I'm not doing picking over under. I'm not. Yeah. I, no, no, no. You have to. I'm doing this. I From wrote, now on, I no longer have to take over unders. I mean, I'm 2 0 on over unders. So that's why you keep doing them. And but I, that's I why. Don't. Oh, God. I, I wrote down the over for this game, 
And I am taking the Giants plus 10. So you'd think I have it like somewhat close, maybe decently scoring. You know, could could this be a 31-24 game and we just didn't see that coming? You know, this is in the 50s. Yeah. Nah, that's just, within I 10. Don't think and then I think if anything, it's lower scoring. If we're going to shoot one way on the on the spectrum. I just don't see how the Niners don't score. And I don't see how the Giants do score. I'm going to say this is like a 31-10 game. So I'll take the under. You think the over under 44 is just for the Niners points, basically? Basically. <laughs> I mean, that's what a 10-point spread pretty much means. That means yeah. they're expecting him to be 27-17, right? Four, 44 points. God damn it, go. I'm good. Yeah. Shee! I'm the only numbers guy at this company. That's what I've been told. Bye. That's what the numbers have told me. Did you not just <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, that was impressive. That Thanks. was a, that was a good outing. I'm not gonna lie, it was a guess. I knew I was in the ballpark, but it was just the first guess just happened to be fucking spot on. All right, did you make the final picks here? Yeah, yeah, take us away, dude. I got 49ers money line, Giants cover over 44 points. <laughs> take the spread, line, spread the legs, yeah. take us home. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs> you make me sick. All right, we're done. <laughs> we just walk off. Yeah, we just cut the black. What, our predictions for this and the underdog slips probably couldn't have contradicted themselves more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.